Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of the fourth season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I am your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Hello, you dirty traitor, Banjo. You've, you're, you're, you're ditching me. Is that yeah. what you've just told me a few minutes before the pod that this is our last pod for, what, a month or so? Yeah, about three weeks. I had told you that I was leaving. I just hadn't told you when. And I will admit, that's on me. That's bad organisation. And as CEO of Plebs on Footy Enterprises, I should be better than that. And look, it's a learning experience. Next time I abandon you, you'll be, have more notice. No, look, I, I understand that that's fine, providing yeah. that you have put in the hard work and you let me know what I'm doing for the next three weeks. You've made those decisions, you know. Yeah, am no, I recording one? Who am I recording them with? When? Where? You've decided all I, that. I, I, I've had a lot of thought about My this. My payment. I've, I've thought really long and hard about this, and um, you'll be making all those decisions. So, uh, <laughs> so you have that much faith in me. I have so manager? much faith in you. Scott, like, no, you I think I believe in you more than you believe in yourself. Let, let's put it that way. Oh, so you think I'd be able to create a great pod, do you, over the next three weeks? Is that what you're saying? Actually, we have evidence that that's not the case. Um, <laughs> oh, it was all right. It was all yeah, right. No, 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 yeah. I will say your performance slipped when you didn't have my support. All our guest hosts from a couple of years ago, they were wonderful. They did everything right. They, they're just fantastic. <laughs> but you just, you were a sinking ship without me. So, so if, I, if I do do this pod for the next three weeks, Banjo, how much am, what am I getting paid? by you as um, president, CEO, whatever you, you are. You might get a bit of follow through on the Josh Kelly party. Let's put it that way. There's some irons in the fire. When you say, does that mean extra slab supplied or? Uh, a cake will actually be made. No, we always going to get happen. a cake, mate. When's, when's the Kelly party happening? Uh, uh, state secret, to be confirmed, but... It's in the works. <laughs> it's in the works. It's in the is works. It? I, I hear that there is a bit more positive. Um, yeah, positivity um, around the Kelly there's, party. There's, happening, all, there's so a lot that... of Ford momentum. That's and, good. That's good. Yeah, and look, everyone will find out. And yeah, to be confirmed. Okay. Well, look, I do apologise to Poochie because there won't be a pod for the next few weeks because Banjo hasn't organised what I'm doing. So oh, you're such a cop. <laughs> that's out. just. That's I was willing to call is. in from the United States, but you're just a cop out. All right. Well, into this pod, Banjo. On to uh, the first and best segment every week is uh, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. The uh, title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit. Most weeks we give 3-2-1 votes for the most meaningless games of the round. Uh, by week this week. So we always say, we don't want to say that half of the games are And that would actually relevant. be impossible this week. And it would, it, would sh- it would just shoot the pod to death. So yeah. we'll only give it to one game and... To be honest, I only plugged two games into the formula this week. I thought our two games were, were easily the most yep. irrelevant games of the round. But look, you came out pretty pretty well on top. So North Melbourne defeated Gold Coast by... How much was it by, Banji? 27 points. 27 points. So to those teams, we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? I'd like to commend you. This is four or five weeks in a row. 50-50 interstate <laughs> Victoria. <laughs> I did a good job to do it this time, didn't I? It was pretty much every game. You could, you could, have, you could have bought a uh, an all-Victorian one if you just decided to throw your team under the bus, but nah, morals stood out. I've had, had a, in cave. I've had a quick look forward at the uh, uh, Poochie's mailbag for this week. There's a lot of people ripping me into into me for my bias. Uh, yeah, like, look, you're... Um, why is this building so much? Your the, state-based xenophobia has finally caught up with you, and I'm I, glad. I, I, I for just, one, am glad. I hope you take this as a learning experience and improve as a person. From the bloke who watches more Fremantle than any other Victorian person in the yeah. world, I think it's completely the wi- unfair, wider, wider Australia is bigger than one small suburb in Perth. 
Or just outside of Perth. I don't actually know. <laughs> no, how they're that the works. only interstate team that are important. We all <laughs> <laughs> know that. really shooting people. Especially down. Brisbane, they suck. We hate <laughs> Brisbane. The pod despises. Well, Brisbane. no, we'll be talking about Brisbane a lot this oh, week. no, we won't. But anyway, do you want to talk about your game at all? Do you have any particular thoughts? God, it was rubbish, wasn't it? I mean, you killed them for the first. Yeah, it was just quarter. dead. Game died, <laughs> and it was one of the more boring games you'll ever watch. Is that was, pretty much sum it up? Yeah, it was just dead after quarter time. Uh, we killed the game. But we didn't actually kill it, so there was no sort of junk time joy where you can just... Yeah, when he gets to like 10 goals and you can sort of a bit of a laugh. It was just sort of... Theoretically, they could come... Like, there was just this nervousness of not actually killing it. Because they yeah, got more, like, yeah. 40 points. And there was a bit of angst for me, because let's not pretend North has been the most consistent side uh, no. overall. Um, but, yeah, no, Taron Thomas, Rising Star nomination. Third for the With year. With 12 disposals. What a joke. He won the do you ga- think? Do you think they're just feeling guilty about the non-Ryan Clark nomination from a few <laughs> years ago? Well, no. I don't <laughs> think I spoke about this week. But his brother got robbed last week. 23 Who's touches. Brother? Clark? D- yeah, Dylan Clark is oh, Ryan is Clark's brother. brother. Yeah, shut Cripps down. Best performance. One of the best performances by a first-year player all year. Doesn't get it because Sydney stack. Are they related to Michael at all? No, uh, no I think Clark, they're better people. <laughs> Ah oh, no, we we like Poppy Clark, mate. We like him. Uh, Gold Coast, like the bottom does seem to be falling out a little bit at the moment. Well, they, Maybe the buyers just coming at the perfect look, time. I just looked at their injury list; and it's a bit cooked, and they might be getting a few. They don't have any players to get injured, do they? Well, Sam Collins got hurt. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, yeah and Took Millo's been. Was right? he back this week? Yeah, he was back, yeah, but didn't yeah. go outside the forward line, so he's obviously labouring. Bose is one of their yeah, better yeah. young players, and he was out. Brody looked pretty good though, as an inclusion. He did look pretty good, he uh, very good. Uh, he was al- he's always going to be good at the things he did well. It's just a question of his disposal, I think. Um, okay. No one ever doubts that he can find the ball, that he's tough. That he can do, like all that is just a tick. But whether or not he he's been, he's been dominating at the lower levels for a while. But you always yeah. Neefel, you always take he's a dominated every level he's played at. Really, yeah. He dominated under 18s, and obviously to get to there, yeah, yeah. got to be dominant. So. Yeah, he was really good. But, no, Taron Thomas was awesome in a quarter. <laughs> he had 12 disposals, mate. In one, he got tagged after Why quarter time. Why didn't Brody get the nomination? Because he's not eligible. Oh, really? When was he drafted? Like four years ago now. That long ago, was yeah, it? Yeah, he's not young. Well, oh, he's young, but he's not that young. Yeah, okay. And he yeah. might have, he would have played too many games. Like, I'll find this out. Waffle no, on for a bit. you don't have to find it It's too it late. I'm already, I'm already no. doing it. But, Banjo, this game is too irrelevant to even bother no, looking into something I'm for this I'm going to talk about Taron Thomas more. So you're just going to force us to just drag out this boring this boring game just for you to find out some weird statistics. He's played too many games. He's not too old. How many games has he played? 14. You're only allowed to play 10. Really? Is it that low? Yeah. It's really low. Gee, I didn't think it was that low. Then, anyway, bringing some information onto the pod and onto Gold Jacket. Yeah, Taron Thomas in the first quarter, eight t- touches, two goals. He had four for the assists. rest of the game, and he got a nomination. Doesn't matter. It's unbelievable. Only one quarter in that game mattered, and he was the best player on the ground. Could easily get three votes. He did not deserve. But the other thing mate. we need to talk about no, we is Sean don't. Higgins getting hurt. Oh. Sadness. Just yeah. moment silence, please. At least there was one positive to come out oh, of, the, yeah. out of the football. <laughs> the only one I can think of. I'm I'm done. All right, gold jacket, green jacket. We're moving on from that. All right, we're getting on to. Everyone was really good again. No, no, Cam's no. Zerha. Shut up, shut up. We're moving on to. We have young kids. We're moving <laughs> on to everyone's second favorite segment because it's a little bit awkward this week because uh, the dogs weren't playing. But we're moving on now to Billy Gower's watch. Billy, 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 Billy Gower's. Billy, 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 Billy Gowers. 
The great thing about Billy Yao is, is that even when he doesn't play, he still contributes. Yeah, I like, mean, so you brought this to the table. So I did all the when he was playing VFL, I did all the research. I yeah. brought it up, but you're the Twitter man, and you know what he gets up to during his bye week. So let us know what was Billy up to this week. I think the great he was man. Old, watching his old club. I think he watched a bit of Carlton where he was oh, rookie listed. Did he? Yeah, oh, good on him. Uh, and you know what? He like the rest of us was a bit in awe of Patrick Cripps. He tweeted for the first time in about three weeks. Honestly, dot, 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 at Patrick Cripps. Tagged him in it because he, they must be mates. Mate, Isn't that's... He, like, he's just in... He's, he's just in ex- exceptional company, like how, isn't he? How... How special is that? that you, like, Patrick Cripps, that, that game was well? unbelievable. He, he could sum it up in one word yeah. to perfection. There wasn't... It was so vague. Didn't make... make Really have anything to do? Didn't really convey a message, and you know what? Still perfect. I think without that tweet, I don't think the rest of us would have really had any idea how special Cripps' performance was. But that really put it into perspective. I think we would have had to skip the Carlton Brisbane game just if we didn't have that information to tie us down. It was the only real piece. See, th- this is why Billy Gowers watch works so well because no matter what, he, he brings something to the table. Yeah. And that that was that was this was a special edition of Billy Gowers watch. So I'm pleased pleased we did that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I get to straight first. Uh, yeah, anyway, let's move on to the next game. Geelong defeated Richmond by 67 points in an actual quite interesting game. Yeah, you're getting a bit of a head full of steam about the Cats, aren't you? Yeah, I'm... If a grand final was played today, there's no one they wouldn't be pretty strong favourites against. Yeah, the only thing I would say about that is a grand final was played in very different fashion to home and away footy. And I, I still don't know whether the but way they're playing I kind of think the way they're up. playing... Built to stand up because they kick a heap of goals under pressure. They're really good ah, but finishes. They, but they, the difference with them is, I, I always end up comparing them to Collingwood. But if you compare the two of them, Collingwood can have some ugly passages of play, which they eventually kind of force it forward and get it there using sort of contested ball. Where Geelong, a lot of the time, it's very clean, it's very perfect, and I just think with a I bit more pressure on, maybe, maybe it'll fall off a little bit. I, I think they, they. One of the best ways they score is by just crumbing. They're fantastic at it. They've figured out a system that leaves them with an outnumber on the ground because they don't commit too many players to the air. Um, and it's worked really well. And they've got a lot of guys, a lot of small forwards that will take chances. And I think that translates. Like, I don't expect Gary Ablett to start suddenly missing goals in the finals. I don't expect him to. I can see Rowan go into water. I can imagine that happening. Yeah, but what, they expect, well, yeah, what they expect out of Rowan is really just contest, like contested aerial play. That's all they really expect and forward pressure. And that stuff doesn't really go away. Everything else is sort of a bonus from him. Yeah, look, I, I don't know. I, as I say, just just give it a bit of time. I kind of think at the moment they're five goals better than anybody else. And I think that'll come back to, work, uh, to earth. But even if it does, I still probably think they'd be one or two better. I just I think they're the best side in it. They are right now. They're the best team at putting the foot on the accelerator at the yeah. moment by a long way. Like this game is one of those things you had to look at at quarter time and you're like, oh, well, at quarter time Richmond had pretty much dominated, yeah. didn't take advantage, but looked the better side. Yeah, this is this is going to be a game, and then you kind of look away. You can basically blink and you look back up again, and it's like five goals. Of yeah, difference there were itself. multiple passages of play where Geelong kicked about three goals in three minutes, and I guess that doesn't count as individual passages of play, but they they just managed to pile it on. Consistently, and look, everything work has seems to work for them at the moment. Their midfield, they've sort of removed names that seem to have almost been dead weight, and that's harsh. Like Selwood and Ablett didn't apply any pressure through the midfield. And they've moved them out to 
areas where they don't have to so much and just allowed guys like Kelly and Dangerfield to be the focal point who are better midfielders at this point and then a lot of sort of tries around the ball. And with Ablett, he... He's in a role now where he has to put on some sort of pressure. And he yeah. is. Like, he is still... He's yeah, tackling he's a lot it. more than he sort of has in the past. Mm. So, they, they've given him a role in which he's been able to do yeah. that. I do think we've been a little bit remiss when we talk about Geelong. I, I, I'm a bit upset that we haven't yet talked about just how devastating it is that they're actually good again. Like, or very good again. I, I think it's... I find it so frustrating. They finally, it looked like it was their time to slip a little bit. Finally, after so long, they're not going to be competitive. And now they're top of the ladder comfortably playing great footy. You see, I don't have animosity to Geelong. It's- I don't despise Geelong, but doesn't that get your blood boiling a little bit? It's their time to be sad for a little while. But like, they're not like Hawthorne. They'd had 40 years of as depressing football you'd ever see beforehand but now they've had bloody how many years now have they been amazing yeah 12 12 pretty solid years that's too much that's getting ridiculous surely as a north melbourne supporter that upsets you a little bit it definitely annoys me yeah but like my mum goes for geelong so there's a bit of a soft spot there i don't know many actually obnoxious uh, charlie's not great mate no he's not but like (laughs) he's really not to be honest i don't often like yeah, I just I don't get the obnoxiousness. I'm not one he targets with being obnoxious about it. Ah, uh, he can be pretty bad at times. Yeah, but like, there's others who he channels that into. What? Okay, and I just what? get his stupid grin, which I find hilarious. <laughs> what about Richmond? Buys also coming at a good time for them. Buys coming at a very good time for them. If you look at their injury list, they're not that close to coming back, but the extra week sort of gives, and the extra week in the next couple of weeks of their opponents gives them the opportunity to sort of get back into gear. It's not even like, it's not necessarily... They don't have the bye next week, actually. Okay. They've got Adelaide at Adelaide Oval, and that's that's tough. That's probably a loss. Yeah, they're probably going to lose that as well. And so then they'd go in, they'd go in what? Yeah, with seven wins. Yeah. Seven and six. So what it looks like with Richmond at the moment is they keep getting hit with all these obstacles, and every Mm. time something happens, we're like, oh, finally, I think this will be the killer for them. And they seem to... They've just kept plugging along, plugging along, where it seems like now it's just been too many body blows, and they just look a bit... It's finally dragging them down to this point, where I I feel like a buy, even if it's not necessarily enough for players to start coming back, might just be enough for them to take a deep breath. Yeah, just sort just of regroup. Yeah, yeah, regenerate a little bit and get into footy in the second half of the year because it, it like it just feels like the wall, the wheels are just coming off a little bit, and they don't have enough time to really figure out what's going on. Like it's it, it's been a bit of a disaster. Yeah, they haven't really point. been a, oh, it's been a year from hell. They haven't really been able to readjust and settle down a side in a way of playing that works with the bodies they've had, just because they keep losing someone different each week. Mm. But they'll get Ellis and Asprey back, who have both been important. Well. Asprey's always important, but Ellis has been important again this yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah, he's been he's had a better year. <laughs> he has. He's Lambert will better. come back pretty much straight after the bye, and then pretty soon after that they'll get Rewalt, Short, and Nankovas all back. Yeah. And I think they're all pretty Which important. You feel, yeah, they need to have that thing where they get to the middle of the year and they're like, All right, a lot went wrong there. Now let's just focus on the and second half. We have these reinforcements coming, let's get it back on yeah, track. So and they, I believe they're a chance to do that. Yeah, they'd need I think they'd need to pinch fourth. That's sort of got to be the goal. I think yeah. one of those top three spots, I think there'll be three teams that sort of run away with it. Be either West Coast or um, GWS will sort of cement yeah. one of those yeah. other top three spots. But I think fourth, one of those teams might be a bit vulnerable and they're not far off the pace at the moment. So it's they're every chance of 
giving themselves a real red hot crack. Yeah, I think I've been saying all year. I don't really know. Let's wait and see on it. Yeah, and I just I, anything could happen in four or eight weeks' time. Then it, it could drop I off. I feel like they we'll start lift. getting an idea in about six weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we see how the guys come, they come back, actually impact things. Because yeah. I still have real questions about whether their midfield's good enough this year. It's no, it's no different to what it's been in other years. No, but I think, and Dusty's actually playing a lot better the last few weeks to give him some credit there. But I think tactically they're not as far ahead as they were, and I'm, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm wondering whether the reason they've dropped off a lot is that they needed every soldier to be sort of at full tilt and like all their backmen to be just working perfectly and Which all like, all been. been moving in the same direction. Which it has been for years. They haven't because had an injury they, for two yeah, years. <laughs> because they weren't being belted in the midfield. Like, because they weren't on top smashing P teams in the midfield. Because they weren't great in the midfield last year. No, no. They, they never have been dominant yeah, in the midfield. So it's- I'm wondering whether it was the bodies that made this work or whether the game plan sort of been found out. It's probably a bit of both. But I'm interested to see where that, ha- where yeah. that um, sits once yeah. they get healthy. Give it a bit of time. Uh, Obviously. That's what I think. But anyway, let's move on, I think. Let's get to Kane Corns Call of the Week, a Lots segment that never goes week. away. Yeah, Lots mostly segments. segments. Not much football, which is good uh, for you. Actually, my team won. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very good for me. Yeah, so the Kane Corns Call of the Week, where we look at a big call in the media that we think needs a bit of interrogation and make one of our own that's a little bit outlandish. So uh, this week, we've got the, the best newsbreaker in the business himself, although I don't think anybody calls him that anymore because he's not on the footy show. Uh, it's Damien Barrett. <laughs> That's true. He doesn't get mentioned anymore. <laughs> Does yeah. he do they say it on Triple M? I don't know. Damien, he's been on a lot. I reckon he's been on once or twice. Okay, I thought he was on every week. Really? I don't know. I just on, thought that's what the, he did. On the Cane Corns? Or... No, I thought on Triple M. Oh, no. I'm saying on the Cane Corns, big call of the week. He hasn't featured a lot of times. No, no, he hasn't. No. no. Uh, Which is weird because he's... Yeah, he's normally pretty reliable. But yeah. anyway, I... The statement that gets him in trouble this week is Toby Green is GWS's player. And we all know that's a just a fallacy. And I love Toby Green. Don't get me wrong, but that's a fallacy. Josh Kelly's their best player. It's pretty comfortable. <sighs> Look, anyone who doesn't realise that Steve Cornelio is GWS's best player is an idiot. But I, I do think that this is not nearly as outlandish as the Kane Corns call of the week normally is. No. We, we struggled a bit this we week. We did. That's a lot fair. of that has to do with the fact that the football shows are currently going on now and we haven't had a chance to for... Uh, that to be consumed a little bit and for us to see all of them. So we did struggle a little bit. But look, why is Toby Green even being added to the equation? <laughs> I mean, as much as I do genuinely believe Canelio is their best player, it does seem like it's quite clearly a toss-up between Canelio and Kelly. And, and then, then if you're going to add Whitfield. anyone, of course it's Cameron or Whitfield. Yeah. Toby Green, Lason, obviously. He has been great at his, <laughs> at his best. He does seem to, he seems a, a fair bit off that pace at the he's moment. He's had a few injury interrupted years and just hasn't hit good form when he's been playing either. So you sort of just got to wait and see. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll get back to his best. But well, I hope you're right, mate. You good don't for my fantasy team. <laughs> finally, no one cares, good. Scott. <laughs> but yeah, at this point, you just can't say that at all. Yeah, no, it's a bit extreme. Uh, my Kane Corns big call of the week, banjo. Went along to the G today, onto the uh, the big freeze. Which yeah, is pretty a, great day, wasn't it's, it? Uh, well, um, you, the start was good. It's always good that the start. team we it's all a, wanted to win won. We've we've made it a great day with the old big freeze at the G, but the biggest thing to have come out of today, Banjo, surely Nick Rewald gets an Oscar. His performance as Freddie Mercury was every bit as good as Rami Malek. In fact, like 
But honestly, he did look almost as similar to Freddie Mercury as Rami Malek did. And his impression he was, really good. was actually very, very good. And yeah. he did put no time into it, no effort into it And he it did all. just as much singing. And Rami Malek's performance was one of the most overrated acting performances of all time, as we know. Good football content you got here. <sighs> no, I'm still angry about the whole... <laughs> that, with that movie, Bohemian Grim City. That was absolutely terrible, mate. That was a shocking movie. Look, Rami Malek's on-stage impression, very impressive. Very, very impressive. You could imitate the way he walked around the stage quite well. His actual acting was awful. It was actually terrible. There was not one moment in which I watched him speaking or do anything in between those on-stage scenes where I thought, I'm watching Freddie Mercury here. It was a guy doing a bloody cartoon of Freddie Mercury. And Nick Revolt did every bit as well. It just shows how overrated that performance was. So I just had to bring that to the table. Have you watched it yet, Bohemian Grim City? No, I haven't. It I haven't. sucks, mate. I'm not sure I Don't should bother. with the way you talk about it. Don't bother. Um, it's terrible. Yeah, but Nick Revolt was good, though. He was really good. Yeah. Probably the best uh, Big Freeze performance ever. I, I would say. If we were giving out Oscars to Big yeah, Freeze It was really good. There were a lot of really good ones. Yeah. They got into it really didn't well. Didn't mind Boomer as an Oz kicker. That was a bit tongue-in-cheek like that. And he didn't well, of course it. you liked yeah, that. Exactly. Uh, Dane Swan as Spider-Man. That was good. Yeah, that's all right. Who uh, was the Joker? I didn't even... I was picking. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that was quite yeah, good. Yeah, it was good. Oh, there were quite a few he, good he, ones. He actually had quite a funny bit. Just... He, he was like, yeah, one of my kids was terrified of it and my, the other kid loved it. Um, I was too late to change, so I went with the kid that loved it. <laughs> Yeah, look, let's just hope. We just wish that the day uh, ended there. Let's just say that because it was quite. Oh, good I to really that enjoyed. Point. I had a great day today. Uh, anyway, my Kane calls <laughs> call. Uh, Cunnington to win the brown though. Oh, now, hear me up. out. Hear me out. Hear me out. First, in con- more interesting. To first the table. in contested possessions, first in clearances, third in coaches' votes, and somehow he's two hundred to one. Cough, cough, Tim Kelly, mate. You know Tim Kelly is going to win it. Yeah. We've locked it in. Look, I've put my money where my mouth is. I've bet on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I win $4,000 if Cunnington wins. He's 200 to 1. He's not going to win it. Yes, 200 to 1 is a bit extreme. It's absurd. But there is no way that he's going to win He should it. be 30 to 1 at the longest. And no, he should be at 30 to 1. That's about where he should be. No, and when you're 30, 30 to 1, one you're not going to win it. So what a stupid bet, no, mate. Just put more money train. on TK. You just, wish Ka- you just wish Clayton Oliver was that good. TK will get a vote or two this week, won't he? Yeah, he was, was going to get a vote. Cunnington was going to get three, though. So Yeah, but he didn't get any before then, mate. What a stupid bet. Just yeah, stick with TK. He's third in the, in the coaches' votes in one week. That's a pretty good week. Yeah, stick, shut up, Scott. Stick with TK. Anyway, let's stick move on. <laughs> Upset of the round. Carlton defeated Brisbane by 15 points. Just sack your coach. See, that's the lesson. Well, I think so. We always get criticised on talking about Brisbane enough. Let's just talk about this game forever. Because uh, yeah, this is the one let's which go, they... Let's go through all the players of theirs that played shit. Cam Rayner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a good start. In all honesty, would you take Cam Rayner or Cam Zerha right now? Cam Rayner. But it's not that. It's not that. No, it is. You would definitely take Cam Rayner. Cam Rayner averages nine touches a game, kicks less goals, lays less tackles, can, and has a worse. Can fend. you stop bringing North Melbourne into everything? It's really starting to annoy me. Cam Zerha is a champion. This he, was a. This was a bit of a. If Billy Gowers didn't uh, tweet, we'd have swapped to Cam Zerha. I don't watch. care. <laughs> Brisbane. This you, couple of weeks ago, you came to the table with uh, Brisbane choked against Fremantle after a very, very good last quarter performance from Fremantle. Yeah, if that was the case, then great. this would have to be that times like five with Brisbane. Like they, they were forty to three up, and so 
I was uh, on the way home, driving home, listening to the radio. Yeah. And the way they were talking about the game, the commentators, it was like, this will be a 100-point loss. Like yeah. they, they, they were saying, Carlton are just no good. Brendan Bolton would be sitting there absolutely stoked he's not sitting in the coach's box. And all this stuff like that, just how horrible Carlton looked. And then they must have just thought it was going to happen. Yeah. Which happens with inexperienced teams. And just, unreliable teams, as I've been saying. They were just bad. Like, they they have the propensity to just stop attacking and just lose their way. Because they can be quite a flare, flary side when they're at their best. But as soon as sort of a bit of pressure comes on, they just stop. And it's it's quite sad to see. It's like there's almost psychological demons there that... Are, Hanging over from when they were shit. They're quite Sounds a good a bit side. Like Melbourne in our yeah. recent times. <laughs> They're quite a good side, but they just don't have a killer instinct. The, the, mo- the most obvious place where it drops off is they. they there are times where they just look like they don't care about defense. Like they just forget that it's a yeah. thing. But then on top of that, their ball movement does fall to pieces as well. Which is probably they lead into each other. Defense creates offense quite yeah. often, but they do fall in a hole occasionally. It's happened a few times. They looked really bad against Collingwood. They are um, so bad the at. They're so bad at scoring from stagnant play like they they don't have any contested marking options mm. Hipwood is fine he's a fine key forward at this stage but he's not a good contested mark McStay's got hands made of butter like yeah so their, their key forwards are terrible in the air they, they just don't have a marking target yeah, so Steph when... Martin's not good overhead Oscar McInerney's not playing like it's staggering. Yeah, so when they're working well defensively, they get a few turnovers, they put pressure on, and they manage to get the ball quick. that way, and then they go, and they yeah. go forward, and that's what makes them look dangerous. But once they're on the back foot a little bit, they're not putting the pressure on, they're mm. not getting that easy uh, sort of chop-off balls. Yeah. Then they have to slow down, and they're not moving. They are not. They don't have a lot of system in the way that they move yeah, forward. They've got fantastic contested marks in the back line. Harris Andrews... Probably an all-Australian key defender at this point. Yeah, oh, he's like a he's gun. fantastic. He's an absolute. And Darcy Garden is probably underrated. Yeah, he's pretty fair. good overhead too. But outside of the intercept marking, they're not beating anyone in the air, and it's a real flaw in the way they've built that side. They've got to address it. They need a key forward that yep. is bankable in the air because until they do, they're gonna really struggle because they're not, they're not even key forwards that will carve a contest. Like Hipwood will just get beaten. It, in the same way Ben Brown used to not have enough strength in his legs and could get pushed off the ball too easily. Hipwood's yeah. the same. Yeah, and he's he, we're getting to the point with Hipwood where we, we kept saying, just wait for him to put on a bit of size. I don't think There's he's no going to. I think, that's, I think that's where he sits. And he's still a pretty good player playing that way. And I still think he's going to get better. But yeah, he's not going to become a big player. And he's going to be someone you can sort of block off their line occasionally. So eh, He's got to figure out ways to get around it. It's, it just... He had five touches on the weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, Brisbane are still at that point in which they've been so good to this point, and I suspect they'll keep playing quite well. And I'll get to the end of the year, and we'll say there's no doubt it's a very positive year, but perhaps a little bit a little bit interesting with them. Yeah, I've. we should talk about a bit about Carlton, though. Cripps was amazing, as as we were told by Billy Gowers. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Walsh made... Uh, Sam Walsh made... Uh, Kane Corns look a little silly with his uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. rosy take. As uh, he was fantastic as well. As, as you said when we were talking earlier, just all the all the players they'd want to play well played well. As as a Carlton supporter, it would be a really really exciting performance mm. where you look down, you look at the stats, you be yeah, Cripps thirty eight and four goals, obviously Walsh thirty two. Kerno they managed to put back in the middle, got him tagging. Yeah, Lockie that, Neal. that was a bad decision I by agree. Brendan Bolton. I agree. You put him trying in for to one game, you're like, that's right, he's 
Good. Yeah. yeah, and I get the idea that he's a defensive player, so put on some defensive pressure in the forward line, and but they need that from someone. was never in the forward line, so what's he going to do? Well, that that's a good point as well. Fisher with 25, Petrovsky Seaton really good with 24. He's had a, he's put together a really good year, quite mm. a consistent year. Just all of the kids who they'd want to get going played well, and it would be really, really exciting for them. And look, everyone got involved in the goals. Kerno kicked three. Even old mate Gibbons popped up with a couple. So... Yeah, as a Carlton supporter, that would put a real smile on your face after a pretty horrendous little period for them. Little period, was it? <laughs> yeah, um, I've heard the stats about when you sack a coach, uh, how often it's you It's not win. as good as you think. No, but I heard it was 50%. Yeah. Which, that's brilliant. And it drops to like 33% the next week. Okay. Or, no, for the but, rest of the time. But if you're sacking a coach, you're not winning a lot of games. Yeah, so true. it's 50%. That's, that's huge. Yeah, it's massive. That, that's, that's an enormous... So yeah, I think from it now on... It definitely tipping, works. Sack a coach... Definitely think about tipping yeah, the team and the Just coach. against the favourite. Maybe just bet the line. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for the rest of the season, it doesn't turn out that well, but it shouldn't. Your team's so bad, you just sacked your coach. No, your team backed up. Yeah, no, three in a row. Finals bound, according to some. Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say they were smart. Uh, yeah. I do have... Uh, we did get a question, and I think we've answered it. Uh, will the plebs amend their blatant Vic bias with an extended half-hour segment of the Brisbane game <laughs> this week? So I just want to say to Jeremy, who asked that question, I think we did our jobs. Is Jeremy a Brisbane supporter too? No, he's a Carlton supporter that wants us to talk uh, about the game. <laughs> I was going to say, like, we've been getting a lot of criticism about Brisbane. I'm surprised none of it came from him previously, but no. now I understand. Yeah. I understand where that came from. Yeah, let's move on. Next game of footy. <laughs> Enough about that. Adelaide defeated GWS by 21 points. Really, really good win by Adelaide. Really important win. Sort of keeping their cells alive on the edge of the top four. <laughs> Having a watch a bit of this game, um, the feeling which you have going through it, it, it reminds you how much of footy is results-based. Because yeah. it was a thing early on in the game... I'm like, gee, Adelaide, they really are a defensive team now. Mm. Like, did, We talked about Port Adelaide last year and how defensive they got and how we were quite upset about that. Yeah. Adelaide are another quite exciting attacking team who've done the exact same thing this year. And early on, I'm watching they're winning. And I'm like, well, look, they've made Fair a change. Enough. Really good yeah. on them. <laughs> then when it started falling away, it's like, nah, you got to say now they've made a mistake with this defensive. And in the end, they end up winning by 21 points. And you say, big tick to Don Pike, don't you? Because, like... Early on, they, they look like they were trying... Sorry, early on in the season, yeah. I mean. They look like they were trying to play bits and pieces how they did in the previous years, and they kind of given up on it yeah. to a large extent. And the results are coming in better. At this point, there does look like there's a ceiling to it. It yeah, doesn't I look like they'll be... if you've lost to North Melbourne, you're not winning the flag. That's my rule of thumb this year. They don't... They're a game out of the four. Yeah, they don't look like they'll be winning a flag with the way they're playing no. at the moment. It does look like, though, that they'll definitely be in the eight and there'll be a chance for top yeah. four, which, will you see that as a positive or is it a thing of, no, you need to really try to get this going and maybe take a risk if in you, doing if so? If you told me that a side coming from 12th or wherever they finished came up and finished 5th, I'd be great year. That's what I'd be thinking. Yeah, but that's not what that team was. Yeah, that's they shouldn't not have the finished 12th last year. They were a grand final side two years ago. They haven't really had real reasons to not perform at that level since. And yeah, I'd be disappointed. They should, they should be dreaming flag, and they should have been dreaming flag the yeah. last two years. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like they're hoping to be competitive. Yeah, um, and to win enough games to play finals, and then see how they go from there. It doesn't look like they're really gunning it for I think a flag. Yeah, I think their game plan almost indicates a lack of ambition. They're not trying to 
score on you to the point to kill a game. They're trying to hold in there and make it competitive. And then it's a negative mindset. And to then take hope in. they're good enough to get over the line. Yeah. In the end. Yes. It's very. It's very Ross line. Yeah, it <laughs> very, is. That's exactly what I was yeah. thinking. It's just. It's not a. It's it's not the attitude of a side that thinks they should be there and like they have a right to yeah. be there. It's a side that hopes, and those sides very rarely win flags. And compounding that at the moment is the confusion at the selection table. There is definite confusion going on there. They don't know what they're doing. Jenkins has been great the last couple of weeks. Sure. Yeah, that's one. But I'm not entirely sure it's uh, it's a con- confusion with Gibbs. I think they just don't want to pick him. But I don't understand <sighs> they why they gave up two first round picks for him. Yeah, and he tagged Oliver. Two well, two weeks ago, last game he played, he was fine, wasn't he? Yes. Like yeah, no, he was important. He has done a bad job. The last time they dropped him, he had twenty two and two goals. And so, but a, a few, I think it's confusion because so this week he went, he's in the sandful, he played yeah. quite well, so he's put up his hand, and he might be a chance to get picked next week. But a few weeks ago, there was a game which he got dropped. The VFL team had the bye, so he mm. did nothing, and then they and picked, picked him picked again him, yeah. the next week, and there were no particular out. Like if you're dropping it. It seems like he's doing something wrong from a defensive point of view, which is fine if you want to drop him to teach him a lesson. But you don't bring him back without having shown that he plays defense on the second level. Yeah, he's been dropped three times this year. And keeps getting so if they knew what they were doing with Gibbs, you drop him, you wait until he does what you want to see, yeah. and then you bring him in for an extended period. Yeah, exactly. Period. Every single time he's been dropped, he's been brought in the year, uh, the week after too. So it's it's not like yeah. they're sticking to their guns and, and at all. this time, the argument was, yeah, Crouch came back in, there wasn't room for him in the midfield. But that was not the case a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, they were saying there's things he's not doing right. So it's not as simple as he's not good enough to be in our midfield, which they and seem to be there saying. There are that. absolutely players he's better than in that midfield. Like, it's just wrong. If that's what they think. Yeah, they're, absolutely. I don't doubt that. They're not yeah. bad enough at contested ball, which he's pretty good at anyway, for the, for that to be a real reason. And Greenwood was the other interesting one this week. He'd been yeah. playing really well. He didn't get picked. He was a late in in the end. Yeah, I sent you that he had list. seven disposals. I sent you that list of... <laughs> Kicked uh, an important goal. Though. He did, though. <laughs> I sent you a list of the best 30 players according to champion data over the first... 11 rounds of the year and he was 24th or something Greenwood he'd, was, yeah, he'd was been he? having a great year yeah I think both him and Ellis Yolman are really good players I, mean, I would say they should be in every week but I suppose what are you doing with Gibbs but just put Gibbs at half back he and was tell him fine to take there. the game on with, yeah. with his kicking that was his issue early on was he uh, but they do have a lot gets of the ball there. like we've then got Smith Laird and Gibbs and Miller Put Miller a forward. No, that's bad for his fantasy. <laughs> Put him forward. He looks, he looks all right as a forward. He looks all right everywhere. What are you talking about? The kid's a jet. I, I just, love Miller. I just that They just don't quite know what they're doing at the moment, Adelaide. That, that's the vibe that I'm getting from them. There's not a lot of confidence in their game. Yeah. But I don't know why I'm speaking so negatively about him because they did win. Yeah, GWS, tough loss. Doesn't Not crippling or anything. No, but. no. Tough loss. Clearly missed Whitfield and Green. Their best two players, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, look, losing in Adelaide is never the end of the world. And they've been playing some pretty consistently good footy. They had a real chance to win this. They were in front yeah, for patches in the last the quarter. End. And then, yeah, the home crowd sort of got behind Adelaide and they managed to get over the line. But, yeah, no, not a devastating performance by any means for, for GWS. Yeah, not at all. But anyway, let's move on. This is a top five we're very excited for. Yeah, it's a shared one. It's a shared one. That's how excited like, we how are. How often... And, uh, 
how often do we get so excited that we're willing to put aside our differences and come together? The only time is when we're doing it in order to point out our differences, <laughs> to point out problems <laughs> with other people. We band together in hatred. Yes, that is our <laughs> defining unifying force. Uh, yeah, so this week, you may have guessed, we're doing pod enemies, the yeah. top five pod enemies. I wanted to make an enemy list. <laughs> yeah. Be a bit of fun. And to be honest, this was harder than we thought. We thought, we thought we'd be cruised through this, but we're not super happy about some of the bottom end. We both have people that we yeah. individually really hate that the other person the doesn't The problem care with it is how much we hate each other. In that, so whenever someone makes a big call on hating someone, you kind of start yeah, to yeah, like yeah. them in order to spite <laughs> the other person. So there's actually very few that we're even on. The there's a few there's towards not the top. A single North play that you would say you like outside of Magic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's just the demonstration of it. Yes, exactly right. Exactly not even right. Cam Zerha, cult hero. Uh, we've got a couple of honorable mentions yes, to yes. begin, don't we? we which, <laughs> these were ones who... Well, there were some we couldn't put aside our differences yeah. for. Let's put it that way. I think we were both of these people, we both dislike them, but one of us dislikes them with an absolute passion, so yeah. the other one doesn't no, want to hate I, them I for think, that reason. I think one dislikes and the other just thinks they're terrible at their job, and that's not enough to make this list. Yeah. So I, my one is our Lingy. I've yep. got Cameron Ling. I just... No, I do, I do really hate him. Like, <laughs> he's so horrendously bad at his job. It's, it's almost embarrassing. I've never heard him offer a piece of football insight. And oh, that is his job. No, that is no, what no, he's no, meant no. to hold be on, doing. Hold on, hold on. He offered one fantastic piece of football insight last week. It was fantastic. You know, he never... I'll agree with you broadly. He never says anything interesting other than he loves footy. He's very Brett Kirk in that regard. <sighs> but... This week, or last week, when the North, <laughs> on the North Richmond game, Nathan Broad got run down from behind in the middle of taking a bounce, and Cameron Ling didn't think that was a free kick because the bounce had gone too far ahead of him and he thought he might have lost the ball. He didn't have a chance to try and gather the ball because he was tackled before he could, but he still didn't think it was a free kick. That is in the rule book as a free kick every single time. It's the most obvious free kick. They only have to lay a hand on you. That's it. Yes, yeah, so he's an idiot. That's his well. insight. Yes, yeah, I just... All he does, I love footy. I love footy so much. That's all he does. Never offers any insight into the game, which is what his job is. Yeah. That is, if you had to describe his job description, it is to offer insight into football. Never does it. So yeah, he's an I, analyst. I hate, I hate that guy. Yeah, fuck Cameron Ling. Uh, my honourable mention, Luke fucking Darcy. Oh come on, Darcy's all the right. worst. He's a reasonable fella. No, he's not. He's the worst. You have a personal vendetta against Darcy. Yes. Yeah, so it's a couple of bad personality traits. Goes for the Bulldogs. Number one. I don't know anybody I like that goes for the Bulldogs. <laughs> Flabbergasting your hatred for the Bulldogs. I don't get it. But number two, he is the most obviously biased commentator for his own team. And that gives me these shits. That I that infuriates me more than any other commentary tick. Like, I can put up with Brian Taylor being an idiot because he's an idiot all the time. It's not... It's, it's come one, come all, I'm going to be an idiot. Luke Darcy is just so Bulldogs focused in his commentary that it, it gives me the absolute shit. Brayshaw's not great with North. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but don't, don't you have like a personal hatred for Darcy? Wasn't there some story? Or something? Oh, yeah, this is true. This is true. Yeah, my dad uh, refused to let his son uh, join Kick before he was five because he's not insured if he does that and it could cost the organization like shitloads of money if he got hurt and Luke Darcy got really pissed off and ratted him out to the age newspaper got on the back page about like they used to run those little stories and whispers it got on that 
And then Dad called up uh, Triple M um, and ragged on him <laughs> on their radio show. It's quite a fun time. I think I was about nine. Just <laughs> loves his kids, mate. Just loves his kids. He's a good fella. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. He's an entitled prick. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Number five. This was a bit dicey because uh, you, you don't quite hate him. You just... Oh. You just Strongly dislike. The more I think about oh, okay. it. Okay, so we've come around. Do, we've come yeah. around. This one, Dwayne Russell. Yeah. He's just terrible. <laughs> the only thing, with, I feel less passionate about Dwayne Russell because I don't think he's as important as a lot of the other people on this list. Like, he's just a guy who occasionally commentates on Fox. So he's not, he's not as front of mind. But when he commentates a Melbourne game, I want to rip my hair out. Yeah. Look, to be honest, if he hadn't have said that North should move to Tasmania in the next 10 years, <laughs> like a week ago. Hey, everyone said that. He might not have. The yeah. list can't go forever. Yeah. So I've done the last person to say it, obviously. But seriously, fuck him and fuck that opinion. Eddie only said it like a week before that, didn't he? Oh, how is Eddie not on this list? Because I like Eddie. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Idiot. Okay. <laughs> uh, but Dwayne Russell is just... He has all the attributes to be a very good commentator. He has a great voice for commentary. Some of his wit is actually quite good at times. But just the way that he tries to hype the game up just makes me want to punch him in the face. It'll be like 45 points the difference halfway through the last quarter and he'll be rattling on about how this game's closing and how exciting it is. And then it'll like it will be like the worst game of footy you've ever seen and he'll be this is an all-time classic. Yeah. I, I swear I heard him say that during the Melbourne Gold Coast game. And yes, it was close, but if anyone is trying to call out a good game of footy, I will kill you. It had a great final minute. That was hilarious. It wasn't good, though, was it? My favourite Jorane Russell thing is when he says shake and bake for every single thing. He does say And it, it doesn't mean anything. He loves it, yeah. It, 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 it's not a, but anyway, let's move on. There's too much time on Dwayne <laughs> Russell. Basil Zemplis, number four. Yeah, the nose himself. Yeah. I don't get Basil. He's like a rock star in yeah, WA. WA per- act- Perthians love him. They, actu- West Aussies. they actually love him, but... Like how? What does he? What does he bring to the table? Again, he's got a deep voice. He's got a reasonable voice yeah. for it, but he's an idiot with a big nose. Like that—that's what he is. That's a bit mean to people with big noses. Bill Laurie, I love he's Bill an idiot Laurie. with a big nose. Yeah, I kind of like great him as well. But he's man. an idiot. That's that tune has changed. You used to hate Bill Laurie. <laughs> he's an idiot. I distinctly remember <laughs> when I was about fourteen being shocked. At yeah, how at least much he's you iconic. Basil is not that's iconic. True. He's not a good commentator. He's, how often does he stuff up like players' names and stuff more than oh, anyone? He's so bad with Indigenous players. Like <laughs> the, the amount of he used to say Wells during North games when Wells was out injured and had been out injured for like a year. And it was just like embarrassing. It's like, what are you doing, Basil? Yeah. Oh, absolute joke. But anyway, number three. Here's an obvious one. Mason Cox. <laughs> Look, number 51 himself. I suppose I, don't, I suppose I don't know if I hate Mason Cox. The idea that he's the 51st best player in the league is what we hate. That, that's what we that's hate. That's what we yeah. hate. We, we hate the When he's not even oh. in the best 20 key forwards. Actually, I probably do hate him. He's really arrogant as well. Yeah. Really Undeservedly. arrogant. Undeservedly. And it's it's come out as time's gone on. As he's got more and more comfortable, more and more his inner self has come out. And, and look, I'm not one who can really talk here, but I can't stand the sound of his voice. Like, his accent just grates on oh, me. Oh, that doesn't bother me. His really? voice is my far less annoying than Nick Dal Santos. Yeah, but Nick Del Santo played for North. So. I, I can't listen to Nick Del Santo, honestly. Like, it, it kills me. It's very soft. Like, yeah. yeah, he just he tries to sound Anyway, too he's smart. not on the list. Let's not, let's not... Can we put him on the list? No, we cannot. It's too late. It is in stone. Next week, can we do most annoying voices? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give my theory about how Nick Rewald talks out of his forehead. Um, <laughs> I, I, I still don't understand. 
Anyway. Anyway, let's move on. Number two, Chris Judd. Yeah, this is where it gets fun. We yeah. both despise Chris Judd. Most overrated footballer ever. Most arrogant piece of crap ever. An absolute dog on the football Thinks field. Thinks he's so much smarter than he is off the football field. Oh, God, he loves himself so much. Like he, and all his analysis is just ordinary. Yeah. And, like, if he was any good at doing anything football-related, Carlton might be better. And he's, he's, uh, we had his articles in the paper where he's just, it doesn't make any sense, but he just tries to sound clever. Yeah, he's like used just liberal using economic theory before in his article that just doesn't apply. He did one about like the wild and bloody evolution and stuff. And it like, it didn't make any sense. No. Like it kind of, if you were an idiot, you would read it and think he's smart. Yeah. But it actually didn't make any points. I heard this, this statement was once said about Kyrie Irving and I think it applies to Chris Judd. It's uh he sounds smart if you've never read a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's uh, I think it's the cult of Judd that we hate. The fact that he's meant to be this just perfect human being. That yeah, he's not the best to. player of his era. Like, no. oh, I think he's a fair way from it. Yeah. There are quite a few footballers who are better, and he was a dog on the field. Yeah, he's like, not a good role model. So who do you eye gouge? I forget. I don't remember. Then Pressure the, points. The chicken wing. Yeah, that one really hurt me. Like, I've never forgiven him for that. Yeah. Like, it pretty much ended that Lee Adams' career. There were some more, though. They're, like, there were quite a few. Yeah, he was shocking. And people just ignored it just because it's Yeah, Chris good Judd. bloke. It's just, people just... I, I felt early on they created this thing around him being a good bloke, and then, like, the AFL just desperately wanted to preserve that and just yeah. ignored everything that he's done. And now he's an arrogant piece of crap in the media, and no one seems to yeah. care. Yeah, like, if you'd asked me if I'd prefer Luke Hodge over Chris Judd, I'd have been staggered with my answer right now. But yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, number one, Luke Beveridge. Uh, your <laughs> hatred's pretty new here, uh, but uh, mine's pretty long-standing. I don't know. He did bring Billy back. No, he didn't. In a week. He had an injury before the game and was forced to. Uh, you could see it that way, but at least he made him emergency. That's true. That's true. That's true. But like, imagine <laughs> if he hadn't. How stupid would that have yeah, been? Yeah, look, no, I did quite firmly say he is an enemy of and let, a let, couple of weeks ago, so fair enough. Yeah, and I think that was the inspiration for this, <laughs> for well, this yeah, topic. He, he dropped Billy, yeah. But... My hatred's a bit longer standing. I've I've been on this bandwagon for a while just, just now. A, just a little yeah, while. Yeah. Um, let's just say I'm Team Damien Barrett in their feud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be on either of those uh, teams, man. It's a pretty miserable competition. It's to be such honest. a it, like in terms of painting people in a bad light. That hatred of each other just it does not work for either. Yeah, of them. it's the Gold Coast Melbourne of media feuds. <laughs> just, they're both just losing disastrously, yeah. and one of them might come out with their nose in front. It'll be Barrett because Beveridge will get sacked in a year. <sighs> like it's not impossible. It's not no, impossible. No, jungle drums are beating. I might get my way. Yeah, they're, they're very lightly at the moment. Very lightly. Yeah, but, but it's sort of it's sort of one up. of those things that. It's starting to be like next year he's in in, uh, in trouble if they don't improve. Yeah. That, and that'll be a victory pod for us. So that'll, yeah, that'll yeah, be yeah. nice. One and of then the enemies Billy will, be, taken will down. be elevated to captain and it'll be good. Mason uh, Cox it, will be dropped. Juddy will be sacked. Fortunately, Dwayne and Basil look like they'll be around for a while, but we'll no, get there eventually. Basil's not going away. Hopefully he moves to Sunrise and just stops commentating. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Sydney defeated West Coast by 45 points. Massive win for Sydney. Yeah, interesting result. Have you seen the stuff uh, around about all of West Coast's loss this, losses this year have been above seven goals or something like that? So they're like Richmond, are they? Well, their percentage is pretty similar because Richmond's smallest loss is to us by six. Yeah, it's, it's really felt like West Coast have just been slowly building and building and building. But when mm. they have a bad week, they have a really bad week at the moment. Yeah, it's yeah, they're, they're just not right. They were missing Yo, and he's yeah. probably... Probably the best player on either side at this point. Well, he's 
And he's a big body. Yeah. Like they, they need that. Their in the contested field. ball is their issue, really. That's their biggest weakness. And yeah. Shuey's good at it, but not great. Sheed is better at the first receiver role. So is Gaff. Like, they don't really have any big balls outside of Yo, and they clearly missed him. And they've been relying on him a lot recently. Yeah. Like, he's been an absolute tackling machine in there. So that. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that does hurt them. A they bit. made a bit of a mistake as well, putting McGovern on Buddy. McGovern's much better cutting across players. Buddy demands too much individual attention. It yeah. should have been Schofield, yeah, should have been someone else. Buddy is, when you play on Buddy, you can put someone on there who's very single minded. Yeah. It's just the, the way, once you're on like Buddy, Daniel all, Talia, perfect. All you think about is stopping yeah. Buddy. Sam Frost as well on Buddy, because he doesn't have to think about anything That's else. True. He just has to run next to him and try to beat him <laughs> in a contest. Jeremy McGovern, you want him thinking about everything yeah. as he's playing because that's what makes him. You so want good. Jeremy McGovern. You want to play on someone he doesn't have to respect that much. Like yeah. you want uh, Tom McCartan, someone like that. In fact, although Tom McCartan eventually started playing a defensive forward role on him, which worked pretty well too. After they moved him off, buddy. But uh, like, they just that that was a bad decision from Simpson. But maybe he's tanking because he wants the North job and just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't make too many bad decisions. No, he's one of the best coaches going around. A few weeks ago, you claimed that Tom Papley's game was the best small forward game you've ever seen. I said one of. Stop, s- stop putting these absolutes in my mouth. It was I the tone of it, Banjo. You, the way you said it made it sound like you thought it was the best ever. <laughs> this week, you had 27 disposals and kicked five goals too. Where that does that good, place? It was a good, good, good performance. I didn't see enough of it to judge. <laughs> it was a pretty bloody good performance. Yeah, it was a fantastic was. performance. I love his, uh, I love his passion. That's what oh, we yeah. love about Pappas, and he's always had that. Even in his first year, he sort of, he was good. He was good without being great. Yeah. But he played with so much passion that everyone kind of fell in love with him, and then he dropped off for a year, and now he's really getting. Yeah, going. he's sort of he's playing a bit higher, and he's still able to hit the scoreboard, which is a fantastic sign. And he's really clean, like. He's just, he's got such good hands. He's fantastic to watch. I love him. He hits the ball with such pace and energy. Yeah. That's what and that I really, really love sticks out him. when you see it. Uh, it's great to see Buddy back, though. Yeah. Um, that's massive for Sydney. Massive for the competition, really. Yeah. Um, I was getting a bit worried about it, but if he plays like that, one in every two games, three games, you're just happy. Yeah, it's a bit of an awkward situation there with Sydney, isn't it? Because the, like, the way they want to set up, they want it to just be all buddy, buddy, buddy. Mm. But like Sam Reid, since his really good game, has still been playing quite well. Yeah, his he, hands have been good again. He, he kicked another three this week. He's played pretty well. Then you've got Papley as well. You, you, I don't mind the thought of isolating him occasionally, but yeah. you're not going to really get and that going with And then you're still looking there. to develop Blakey and McCartan. Yeah. So like they've actually got a whole heap of options, it's and I think that's really good. helpful. <laughs> Ah, uh, Blakey's not quite good enough for you oh, yeah. that way because he's yeah, just so yeah. young. But fuck that dude. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's move on to my favourite game. Collingwood defeated Melbourne by 41 points. Mm. What a week. What a game. Best game of football outside of the North game, I think, this week. I, I found it a bit of a nothing, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah I don't disagree with you. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I went along with... A little bit of hope. No, not so much hope to win, but I, I, I was hoping we'd put up a good performance. I was hoping the the inclusions of May and Lever, I wasn't expecting in itself them to be big, but I thought it'd be one of those things where the reinforcements are arriving. It might reinvigorate us a little bit and get us sort of, you know, give us a bit of spark. Yeah. Plus, obviously, we should have a bit of spark on Queen's birthday. You should. So I was expecting. I was expecting freeze. I was expecting a good performance from us and a good game, and Collingwood probably to win it. Mm. In the end, it was probably a. A mediocre to poor game where we it would were have still been a kind good of game in it. if you kicked remotely straight. 
Yeah. Your inability to capitalize on your opportunities is staggering. You're the worst at in the competition. You create, I think, the third best chances by expected score. Yeah. And you can you convert, I think, one of the worst in the league. Yeah, and like in the first half of the year, I was very big on it. Wasn't so much a skills thing, and it was more our structures were just so bad that we weren't giving ourselves good shots. It's a bit of both. The last no, the <laughs> last month, it's it's more so the shots than the than the ball movement that's an issue. Today, it wasn't great the ball movement, but I mean, it's not surprising if you look at our forward line. Wiedemann's a really good kick for goal, really yeah. good. Tom McDonald's bad now. Uh, Jaden Hunt's terrible. Jeff Garlett's terrible. Christian Petrarca's terrible. That, mm. That's our forward line. Like, th- th- it's no surprise yeah, that we're not kicking straight. You need to invest in forwards at the draft. I, I'm not sure you'll be... Like, because you can get... <laughs> just, we had one. Yeah. We had one. <laughs> we lost it. It's not so much the key forwards that are going to yeah. break. You need better small forwards. Hunt's great be- with his pace, and his pressure's okay, and he Spargo can break it over. sucks. But yeah, Spargo and Garlett. Is there anything there? Garlett, I f- so people say Petrarca is like the most frustrating player in the competition. I, I find <laughs> Garlett more frustrating. Uh, he has all of the traits, and he has. It always feels like he's not far off being a gun, but it has been such a long, long time in which he hasn't put it together, and he has just been a bit sloppy and low on confidence. And he, like he's so low on confidence. He had a shot from about thirty meters out that he passed off to McDonald in the pocket on three people today. Because he just, he just has no confidence in himself. Yeah, that one was bizarre. And then he had this, I think it was a snapper or a banana from really close in the pocket that players don't miss these days. And he didn't get close. And he, and he did not look like he thought he could kick No. That, and is, he can. Oh, he is, can. He's done it in the past. Yeah, he's, just, well, he's, he's fantastic at that kind of thing. His like, confidence level is just absolutely shot. And he's he's getting involved in the game. And he's looking like if he got going, he could make a massive difference yeah. to us. But he just doesn't. And he hasn't for so long now that I think it is time to kind of put the cue in the rack with him. He's still just, just delist him at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, we've been close to that anyway, I think. Yeah. And this year he managed to force it's really his way sad because when you started becoming competitive, he was one of the big reasons why. Like, why? He kicked 40-odd goals a couple of years ago and yeah. he was really good, like a real like All-Australian chance. And you chance. loved him. <laughs> yeah, um, that that actually has been quite heartbreaking. I don't know, the, today we our stats looked quite good, but... They always look good. Well, that's one of the things about you. You don't look like your underlying... F- Underlying features are the problem. It, like you're always winning inside fifties, you're always winning contested possession. It just doesn't work because you yeah. your skill level and your yeah your your structures just break down too often. Yeah. Like it's a bit of both. Your our, structures have probably improved. Our forward and our defensive structures improved today. It felt more like our structures around the ball. Like especially early on, it was we just bees to a honeypot, you yeah. know. And it's a Collingwood. You see it with Collingwood, you see it with Richmond all the time. The way that they set up like a ring around a contest and they always have players on the overlap. So yeah. when they win a contested ball, quick handballs around, there's always players on the overlap and they always get the ball forward. They're clinical. They'll get it out over the back and yeah. kick an easy goal. With us, we just we win the ball and it'll often be one and then there'll be like three Collingwood players around him. No idea Too where to go. Too many of your midfielders look forward. for the short handball rather than try and penetrate. But it worked last year. Uh, yeah, I know that, but... And it's not to be honest. It's not like you had better wingers or anything to get it out to no. last year at all. But Oliver's got to start taking more upon himself to be thing is, impactful. He's, he's a great kick when he does. Yeah, it. but he he's does. He just chooses kick. not to. He, yeah. He's got to change his mindset because, like we've seen it with Patrick Cripps. Patrick Cripps used to be the same. Just handball it off, do the hard work, and then let someone else do the finishing. But now he's sort of transformed himself. He's willing to try and break a line, willing to be more penetrating with his kicking. And it's turned him from being a 
very, very good player to possibly the best player in the comp. And, and it's not as if Oliver's surrounded by brilliant kicks. So no. it's not as if he's yeah, there's not a better option a better to guy. hand it to. Yeah, he's, he'd be the best kick out of our midfield group. Yeah, probably. Definitely. Yeah. Out of our midfield group. The yeah. only one is if he's not on his preferred foot, you'd rather Brayshaw. <laughs> Brayshaw's no. opposite foot's very good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the only player on the team is probably a better... Our kicking's bad. Like, Salem's a great kick. He wasn't great today, but yeah, he's a great Yeah, but that kick. happens. Fritch is occasionally good, but kind of hit and miss. When he's in, Lewis Looks is better good. than he is, but he's still pretty good. Well, this is a good kick in our team. Yeah. Probably... I don't think May's bad. Yeah, yeah, May's all right. But Lever's all right as well. They're not the guys you should be relying on. No, there's nothing going... And I going, think they're okay. They'd normally Melksham. Yeah, well, he's a fantastic kick. Yeah, but that's still five players. Yeah. Like, There's a fair bit we're missing there. So, yeah, Collingwood, Collingwood are really good. Like I felt early on, it was just like we're not playing too badly. They're just too good. They're too clinical. They're too clean. Their uh, forward line was not a good matchup for you either. No, like, too many medium quick forwards. There no, that's fair because you were quite tall in defence. Yeah, which I yeah that that was. That was the main thing you wanted to see today. Was that hopefully that backline working? It was like May was pretty good. Lever looked a little lost, but wasn't the end of the world. Oh, I don't know. Give up on the days, mate. Whatever. Let's you just bring on, on them weeks. Let's ago. bring on twenty twenty. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on to Poochie's mailbag and get a bit of cheer in our ear. Um, <laughs> Interesting, Banjo. <laughs> pretty happy with <laughs> that. Actually, got on the spot or playing yeah, for a while. Accidental. Just vomited <laughs> it out. But anyway, <laughs> um, I think it's time for you to ask me a question, Scott. All right, Banjo, I can do that. Is the performance boost from sacking your coach... Is that word? Multiplicity? Yeah. Is that how it's pronounced? Multiplicity. I think... Is or, it like factorial? Yeah, well, that's better. what it means. <laughs> or was it a once-off? If Carlton were to sack Teague this week, would Carlton become a top-four side? So that's a very interesting question. I look at the only other piece of evidence we have this year, which is North, after sacking their coach. It seems like the trend seems to hold. I can't, I can't see either team losing Two for the rest of the year. Two weeks does not classify as holding yeah. when you were like, kind of good against Gold Coast. <laughs> I can't see us losing for the rest of the year. I can't see Carlton losing for the rest of the year. I don't think... Can Carlton make finals if they don't lose? <laughs> yes, they can. Shut the hell up, Banjo. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, uh, this is me to you. What weak justification can interstate hater <sighs> Scott give for the blatantly discriminatory proposal to extend premiership records to pre-1896 for Victorian teams? Yeah, this this is pretty bad. This actually. is cooked. This, this is, is stupid. Like, A, like, why, do we, why are we changing it all? But, like, B, if you're going to change it, surely you bring in the interstate stuff. Yeah. Like, give Port but Adelaide the, the, their the, flags. The problem with that is most of the interstate sides aren't former state sides. Yeah, I know. It's pretty much Port Adelaide. Yeah, it's Port Adelaide would get 36 premierships, and that's it. Yeah, or if you have to do anything to it, just close it to the AFL era, I suppose. I think that's a that better That would make option. me very sad. Yeah, because you wouldn't have one. <laughs> so let's not do that either. But uh, I don't really understand the logic behind you, you, this call. Do you know the logic behind it? Is Colin Carter, who is pushing it, is a Geelong fan, and Geelong won the most premierships in that era. They won yeah, seven. It's, it, like, <laughs> like, it's weird. But have you looked at looked back at it and looked at how it... Like how they were decided? Uh, no. There wasn't competitions. There wasn't finals. You just scheduled sides and the teams with the least losses won. And then occasionally they'd be like, no, you played too many weak sides. We're giving it to somebody else. For like the first 30 years, there just wasn't yeah. a consistent way of doing it. Yeah. So definitely don't do that. Yeah. It's absolutely words, so idiotic. I think that was Dan what? again ripping into me. So yeah. like, I'm, I'm not going to try to justify yeah. it. It's My wrong. My favorite part is though they'd bring in some of the VFA premierships, but then not the others. <laughs> like there's... 
all the sides are joined in 1925, I think, have VFA premierships as well. And the competition was basically the same at the time. And, like, that's just as bizarre and unreasonable yeah. to conclude those two. But they didn't because of their proposal. Don't I don't get know. it, Banjo. It's just don't that. get it. I wouldn't mind six more premierships, which is what would happen if we got ours. But never mind. Another Carlton-related question for you, Banjo. <laughs> Has that been all of the questions I've asked you the last two weeks have been Carlton-related? Anyway, how many possessions... anybody wants to talk about how many possessions and goals will Patrick Cripps need to average for Carlton to win 10 games this year is the question. So they've won two. How so many games do they have left? About 10? Tw- Are we 11 in? Uh, no, we're 11 in. So, yeah, they got 11 to go. No, North's five and seven. We're 12 in. Okay, whatever. So <laughs> they I, got, I don't want to know. <laughs> they've got to go eight and two. Yeah, they've got to go eight and two. So how many possessions and how many goals does So Cripps my immediate thought is a lot. So let's narrow it down from there. Um, would five goals a game be enough? If Cripps have... How many disposals is he getting? If he's getting five disposals, five 43 goals, touches. How many? 43. So he averages 43 touches and five goals. Yeah. I probably still wouldn't expect them to, <laughs> to win 10 games this year. Yeah, so would they be Geelong? If We're not going to go through their draw. They wouldn't be Geelong. No. They wouldn't be... Would they, I don't think they'd be West Coast. They wouldn't be Collingwood. don't think they'd be GWS. Yeah. That's I, still not enough. He needs to... They might like 50 touches, six goals. That's kind of what we're looking at. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not a good question. It's a very strange question. But anyway, are we finishing off? Ben? Yeah, How let's finish up. Still finding some off-battle situations. Yeah, honestly, this thing has so many legs. I'm very impressed There's by this There's a few page. gems right down the bottom. I just go straight to the bottom now. Cat dog. Remember cat dog? I do remember cat dog. <laughs> cat dog. But dog. You've got to start thinking that. Do you know which part? <laughs> I'm not going to start Cat dog, cat dog. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> cat dog, but dog. Do you remember which part of cat dog is dog? It's the dog bit, right? Correct, yes. Yeah. Cat dog, but dog <laughs> has been replaced by a second cat. So cat cat. Versus Nigel Thornberry. Do you know him? Yep. You know him? The guy with the big nose? Yep. But his nose is made is out like of... He's a bit of a basil, yeah. yeah. A, bit a, bit of a, basil. a bit of a bill. Nigel Thornberry, but his nose is made out of solid lead, not only causing physical strain on his neck, but severely impacting his sleeping habits and social patterns. Ooh, I don't mind this. Um, yeah. Cat Dog wasn't much of a fighter. No. Kind of he's a very Thornberry. friendly... Is yeah. Nigel Thornberry a hunter or a wilder person? Wild no, he's like person. a... He's a conservationist or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, he's like a scientist. Yeah, okay. Would, I don't think... See, I don't think uh, Nigel Thornberry would want to... It hurt Cat Cat. That's a pretty big, big find. Yeah, but I, I mean, think morally'd be opposed. We're, no, we're assuming that they want. But then hurt factoring each other. in lead poisoning, how long's he got? No, we're not saying he's poisoning. Yeah, but if his nose is made out of lead, he's getting oh, lead poisoning. So you poisoning. expect no one's going to fight, and then eventually he's going to die of lead poisoning? It's crossed my mind, and who'd out no, last? No, that's two? ridiculous, Banjo. That's okay. ridiculous. But so in I- a fight, I think I'd take Cat Cat. <laughs> I think. <laughs> On what, what basis? The thing is, so it's made how out big of was lead, Cat Cat? But was it, it a big cat? What? How big was Cat Cat? It was a big cat. I know uh, it wasn't no, a like lion a, or anything, but it was like a big no, tabby a, cat. Dog sized. Dog sized. But like a say. Labrador size? Or yeah, like, yeah. I think he was so really that's a pretty big cat. Yeah. I wouldn't want to fight that size cat. Uh, cats aren't. I mean, have you seen how, have you seen angry how small Nigel Thornberry's legs are? They are very skinny. I haven't analysed that, no. I only look at his nose normally. Yeah. Now it's made of lead. It does have a big head, though. It says that it's just causing his neck strain. So it's like, it's not maybe, too bad. Maybe he gets all hunchbacked. 
Yeah, he would get a little hunchbacked, I suspect. But he just wouldn't be good at fighting. No, I wouldn't back him in anyway. I just think I'd take the cat. Yeah. Either by a victory or by a TKO with him dying of lead poisoning. Yeah. Either way. I'll I'll back you in on that one, man. Because cats live for like 15, 20 years. He's not lasting that long with lead in his mouth. Mate, I'm, they're actually fighting, all right? That, that's part of this, all right? They're actually fighting, but I'm still back. I prefer them to cat. just be like on different sides of the planet, just waiting each other out. Cat cat, mate. Cat cat in an actual fight. Yeah, I, I believe in cat cat. Anyway, thanks for listening to the 14th episode of the Plebs on Footy podcast. We'll see you next week.